thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Hey, let's go ahead and uh, pray this morning over tithes and offerings. And Lord, I thank you for your presence here, and I pray you speak. I pray your blessings over every gift, Lord, every penny that's given. I pray you grow your kingdom, Lord. Uh, grow your kingdom here and in this community, Lord, uh, Lord in this nation. In Jesus' name, uh, amen. Uh, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, we call this the, the quarantine crowds, uh, but um, we're just going to continue praying uh, just over our community. Uh, the cases you know, continue to do what they do and just pray for protection. Uh, we're constantly praying for protection over you guys and everybody who's dealing with this. Uh, but today I want to start a new series. It's called Christmas Unwrapped, uh, and we'll get right into that. A couple of real uh, quick announcements first. There's a youth event right after service today. Uh, if you want to just stick around if you're a youth, and uh, they're going to have a, a police officer, a state trooper come to, to talk with the youth, and uh, we're going to have pizza and all that uh, fun stuff. And then Angel Tree. If you didn't get an Angel Tree tag or you just want another one, um, uh, they're due next week. Uh, but you can still grab one out there and bring that back with you next week. And the same thing we said last week. Uh, if you can't get everything on the tag, that's just fine. Uh, but we ask that you let us know what tag you got just so we can kind of keep up. Um, and we don't have the sign-in sheet, uh, sheet so uh, talk to Emily. Uh, she's keeping up with that this week. Uh, but we took a tag last week. Uh, and one of the, the things that they asked for on the tag is they asked for a toy dinosaur. Uh, I did what you do in our day and age. And I googled toy dinosaur, and uh, actually there were 247 million results. I wrote it down <laughs> in 0.62 seconds, and I said, Emily, I want you to find the best deal. Okay, so 247 million. You look into that. Uh, but when I was a kid, uh, we didn't have uh, the the Google. We had catalogs. Uh, who remembers the catalogs? Uh, so when I was a kid, my parents would give us a catalog, and they would say circle. Uh, anything that you see that you, you really like, and they would send a check in, and then they would send the, uh, the, the toys back. Uh, but I remember as a kid this one time, you know, my parents gave me a catalog, and I was into G.I. Joes, and I, I, I found in the catalog uh, this set of G.I. Joes. I think it was like 20 different G.I. Joes, and I circled it, uh, and I got it, and it was the, the, the best Christmas gift. But um, you know, when I was a kid, if somebody would have... Uh, taking me uh, to the side, and they would have said, um, listen, these G.I. Joes, uh, they're rare, and one day they will be extremely valuable if you just don't touch them. <laughs> if you leave them in the case, one day they'll be valuable. Now, when I was a kid, if I really put my mind to it, I would have left them alone for maybe five or ten minutes, and I would have said, I don't really care about the value uh, because toys are meant to be played with and gifts are meant to be used. Uh, at the same time, I know that there are many people who have much more restraint than me uh, that would say, okay, if it's going to be uh, valuable someday, then I can hold on to it and, and simply know that it's there and know that it's of great value. Uh, what I want to talk about in this series uh, is uh, intrinsic in the birth of Christ, there are gifts that are, have been given to humanity. Uh, there are revelations of God's nature, of his character, uh, of his essence. Uh, but these gifts, what we can do is we can leave them in the packaging, just knowing that they're there, knowing that they're of great value. Uh, or we can uh, take the gifts that have been given to us in the story 
and we can make them such a part of our life that we are practicing them and using them, that they are changing our lives. And uh, this morning I want to talk about one of the most glaring gifts in the birth of Christ. Uh, I believe, church, one of the most powerful tools that we have in Christian apologetics in the defense of our faith uh, is the words of the prophets, uh, the prophets who spoke about Jesus Christ hundreds of years uh, before he was born that were fulfilled and accurate to a T. And, uh, and this was his life, his death, his, his birth, everything was foretold. Uh, for instance, uh, you might expect a, a conquering king to arrive with pomp and circumstances and like fireworks. But in Zechariah 9, he prophesied this, this righteous and this victorious king would actually arrive uh, meek and lowly and humbly. He would arrive to Jerusalem uh, on a donkey, in, in fact. And actually, that was fulfilled exactly in the New Testament. Jesus arrived into uh, Jerusalem riding on the back of a donkey. In Isaiah 35, again, hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, Isaiah said, when this Messiah comes, uh, he will perform great miracles. The eyes of the blind will be opened, ears of the deaf uh, unstopped. The lame will leap like a deer. The mute tongue will shout for joy. Again, when we get to Jesus Christ, hundreds of years later, all of this is fulfilled. Uh, and then in uh, chapter 12 of Zechariah, he said that the com coming Messiah would bring about an outpouring of grace. Uh, he would uh, pour out a spirit of grace. And uh, John said that that's exactly what Jesus did, that the law came through Moses, but grace uh, and truth came through Jesus Christ. Uh, that's his life that's prophesied. You could uh, look at his death that's prophesied. Uh, David and Zechariah and uh, uh, Isaiah, they all pointed to Jesus uh, being pierced with nails, being pierced on the cross. David specifically said that he would be pierced in his hands and in his feet. Again, this is hundreds of years before Jesus. This is, this is a tool to defend your, your faith. Hundreds of years. Uh, this is before uh, crucifixion was a... A, a popular means of execution. It's not that it didn't exist, but it wasn't the going means of execution, yet uh, uh, David said he will be pierced in his hands and in his feet. Uh, they would even say that, that not a bone in his body would be broken. I mean, they, they foretold his death, and it was fulfilled to a T. Uh, in his birth, uh, they said that he would be born in Bethlehem. They said that he would be born in the lineage of David, and they said that he would be born of a virgin. Now, if a prophet said the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem, I would say, okay. If he said he's going to be born of the lineage of David, I would say, okay. If he would say he's going to be born of a virgin, I would say, you've lost your mind. <laughs> You're a little off your rocker. And then as the years go by, uh, because about 700 years passed without Christ being born, I would be looking back at Isaiah and saying he probably uh, meant some allegory uh, there. It probably represents something. Uh, in fact, if we want to look at it in Isaiah 7:14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. It says, uh, and when we get to the New Testament, that Mary became pregnant and that Joseph was going to put her away uh, and, and, uh, because Mary was pregnant and he knew they'd never been intimate. 
But an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he, he said to Joseph, uh, Mary will give birth to a son, a child conceived by the Holy Spirit, and you'll call him Jesus, and he'll save the people from their sins. And then he says this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. It says, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, church, this is the most blatant gift of Christmas, is the gift of God with us, the gift of his presence with us. Because what you have to understand, this is crucial that you understand, is that Jesus was not a baby that was born, and when he grew up, he decided, you know what, I think I'm God. Uh, Jesus was God first, and he stepped into humanity. Jesus didn't begin as a baby and become God. He began as God and stepped into humanity. Now, this is crucial because this is uh, so important for not only understanding but appreciating the gift of Christmas where Jesus uh, became uh, a man. We talked about a few weeks back out of the book of Job about just the majesty and the splendor of our God. Uh, Job 38 says that uh, God laid the foundations of the earth. Uh, he set the boundaries for the ocean. He, he told the waves, you can only come this far. Uh, he's the creator of constellations. I love that he said, uh, this is the God that could loosen Orion's belt. He said, this is the God to whom the lightning bolts report, saying, here we are. And church, this is the greatest gift and the greatest miracle of Christmas. Is that God that set the boundaries for the ocean, stepped into humanity in the form of a baby. In a moment, the presence of God with us, God with humanity, became the new reality. Now here's the question. How do we unwrap this? How do we move this from valuable information, knowing that it's there, knowing in our intellect, to a place where this is woven into our spirit and it affects the way that we live our lives? You know, Jesus gave the disciples instructions in John uh, 15 about how to make sure that his presence wasn't just something that they knew about, but it was something that they walked in, that it was more than an intellectual truth, but something that they practiced. In John chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And then he says this, remain, or your Bible might say abide in me. Now, as we continue reading, I just want you to count the amount, the amount of times that Jesus says remain. So he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear, bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If you read this uh, passage, uh, Jesus actually says, remain or abide 11 times in the span of seven verses. Um, 
when my kids want to get a point across, they just repeat the same thing over and over and over until I'm ready to lose my mind, but they keep going. Jesus is trying to get something across here. Uh, if you were to look at my notes this morning, uh, what you would find is my notes are color-coded and they're emboldened and they're highlighted. Uh, and in the, Old, or in the New Testament, they didn't have all of this. What they did is they repeated things. When you find a lot of repetition in the Bible, it's because they were trying to, to get a point across. It's their way of highlighting something. It's their way of italicizing something to get the point. And what Jesus is talking about is so crucial here. Uh, the second thing is to understand that word remain or abide. I have the word on the screen. Um, I think I do. Do I have that? Uh, Doug's going to interpret for us. He's our resident scholar. Uh, I'll help you out, Doug. Uh, the word is meno, uh, which it means to stay, to abide, to remain, or to be present. And that last part there, be present, I think is the key, to be present. Uh, Emily can tell you that sometimes I come home from work, and if it's been a really long day, uh, I might be there, <laughs> but I'm not present. Uh, Sometimes it takes being intentional to be present. And what Jesus was saying to the disciples when he said to abide in me was he was saying, I want you to be present with me the way that I am present with you. I want you to be present with me, church. Now, you could say that he's talking about physical proximity. He's just saying to be close. But I saw something this week that I've never seen before. It's actually in this, uh, this same passage. So that's in John chapter 15. In John chapter 16 is the passage where Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, now I'm going away. So it's the, the same dialogue that he's having, the same conversation, because 16 rolls in, or 15 rolls into 16. So he says to the disciples, I want you to remain with me, to stay with me, to be present with me. But by the way, I'm going away, and you can't come with me. Do you see that, church? The exact same teaching. He says, stay with me and be present with me, and I'm going away, and you can't come with me. How, church? Is that possible? In John chapter 16, Jesus says this, verse 7. He says, it's for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, in the Old Testament, God's presence, it was with the chosen leaders of Israel. Now, with Jesus Christ, God's presence was with all of those that he came in contact with, but there was a limita limitation on Jesus Christ. Now, I, I say that because Jesus chose that limitation. You, you can't limit God, but when Jesus chose to step into humanity, to fully embrace humanity, he chose to accept the limitation that Jesus would only touch the person that he's touching. In other words, when Jesus touched Paul, when he was in front of Paul, he wasn't at the exact same time in front of Peter or John, unless they were in the same room. Jesus embraced that limitation that he would be with the person that he was with. 
But what he says here is it's actually good that I'm going away because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Because in Christ, the presence of God is made available to the people I touch. But in the Holy Spirit, the presence of God is made available to every single believer. Now, how do we unwrap the gift of God, the presence of God? We do exactly what Jesus said. We are intentional about being present with God, about being present with the Holy Spirit, about remaining with Him and in Him. And this means when you are in your car, you can be present with God. When you are uh, in your home, you can be present with God. When you are working, Barry, when you're up cutting trees down, you can be present with God because of what Jesus just said. I am sending you the Holy Spirit for your own good. Now, as I send him to you, even though I'm going away, I want you to remain present with me always. Renee, you can come. And I love what Jesus says. He says, I want you to abide in me, to remain present with me the way that I remain present with you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Uh, Paul wrote to the church in, in Thessalonians. I think I have this on the screen. Very simple. He said, rejoice always and pray continually. Okay. When Paul says this, he's not saying to go around talking everywhere you go, just talking, talking, talking. What Paul is saying when he says to pray continually is he's saying the exact same thing that Jesus said. Abide. Make it your lifestyle that you are constantly present with God, constantly present with the Holy Spirit. I think it's uh, Brother Lawrence uh, is, I think, the name of the author who wrote the book called Practicing His Presence. And that's what this message is all about, because we have this gift that is, is intrinsic to the Christmas story of the, the presence of God with us in Jesus Christ. And we can have that very valuable knowledge that the presence of God has been made readily available to mankind, or we can practice his presence. We can walk in his presence. We can put it to use. We can constantly abide and be there and be present and remain in Jesus Christ. Can you stand this morning, church? As Renee leads us back into worship, one simple challenge, not even a challenge, one simple encouragement, make yourself present with God this morning. Because the presence of God, it's already here. The presence of our Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, 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 the Creator God is in this room. And what He is saying to you this morning, not what I'm saying, what He is saying to you is be present with me as I am present with you. So as Renee leads us, can you just step into his presence and say, God, I am here to be present with you this morning. Father, we come and, and we recognize just how great a sacrifice, Lord, that you made for us to step into your presence. 
And I pray this morning that we do that, that we, that we step into your presence to be with you, to abide with you, that we remain in you, God. And Lord, that when worship ends, that our, our time with you doesn't end, but we stay with you. Lord, meet us here this morning. Lord, I pray that we would uh, be practices of your presence. Lord, that we would take the gifts that you have given us in your presence and, uh, and that it would penetrate and infiltrate every area of our lives. Lord, teach us to remain in you, to stay with you, and to be present with you, God. I pray as we go this week, Lord, that, that we would find you wherever we are. Again, I pray you, your continued protection, God, over our, our church family here. I pray that uh, we would be beacons of light in our community. We pray for an outpouring of your spirit, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.